Hey, ladies. Dr. Love has arrived. All across the land, people are gathering. Disturbed people. Demented people. Gathering to discuss films. Disturbed films. Demented films. These people know not what they do. They do not think before they speak. For they are bastards. Daily grindhouse bastards. Giving the opinions no one asked for. Yet demand to know. This is The Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. Episode 8, So More Did Be. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo, and with me, as always, is Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, bow, number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Yeah, that's me, Sweetback from uh, DailyGrindhouse.com. And uh, yeah, it's No Budget Nightmares. We're back again. It's the new year. I, I feel refreshed. I feel energized, as you can probably hear in my energetic voice. Uh, and I'm really glad to be back uh, watching awful movies, some awful, maybe not so awful today, but uh, that's up for debate because Mo and I haven't really talked about uh, our real feelings about this movie today. <laughs> no, not yet. Normally, there's usually a little pre-discussion, you know, you know, on Twitter or wherever, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about the movie a little bit beforehand. But no, this time, I, I every time you brought it up, I just kind of, you know, skirted away from it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about it. That's because Mo hates it. He hates it, and he hates me for suggesting <laughs> it. Uh, let, let, well, a little, a little bit of background first before we get into anything else, and that is that uh, anyone who is a regular listener to uh, Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares knows that uh, my wife hates. Movies. Uh, actually, to be more accurate, she hates uh, movies that aren't documentaries. She's very, very picky when it comes to movies. And uh, the only thing she hates more than movies are the movies that I like. And the only thing that she hates more than the movies I like is me. So, uh, <laughs> so all of that combined, it's amazing that she, at one point, and this is amazing to think that she even said that, said this, is that she wanted to watch one of these low-budget movies, and she picked one out. And that was the one that we're going to discuss today called So More It Be. And not only did she pick it out, and not only did she watch it, but she really liked it. To the point that um, she, when I started writing the No Budget Nightmares column over at DailyGrindhouse.com, uh, she suggested that that be one of the first movies I covered, which it was, and uh, she suggested that I get in contact with the director, which I did, and I had a really nice conversation with him. And, you know, this is a movie that I know that we we, we don't necessarily have, a, a, we're not meeting on the exact same level here, but it's a really goofy, silly movie. Certainly, well at odds with Duck the Carbine High Massacre, which we uh, <laughs> which we covered last time. I yeah. think that that's at least fair to say. Well, it's definitely a good uh, juxtaposition from last from last episode. Yeah, we're we're definitely. I I can't see this conversation getting nearly as serious as that one did. 
That was the thing. Listening back to that episode, it did get kind of serious. This is kind of a palate cleanser after that sort of uh, – after that. And, I mean, let's face it. That movie was still a comedy. It was still a goofy comedy at heart. But this uh, this is in a whole different level of silly. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Mord It Be from 2004. That is correct. <laughs> Everything okay, Mo? You still alive over there? I had to verify that over here on my end. <laughs> I looked, looked at my notes. Yep, yep, 2004. This, yep, that's I'm, it. I'm just glad I have a fact checker here. <laughs> just, just to <laughs> test me. Uh, so more to be made in 2004, directed by Fabian Rush. Uh, Fabian has went on. He's a member of a... a industrial band called Synthetic Nightmare, uh, which you probably, you know, you probably get an indication of his interest in the gothic and industrial lifestyle from this movie. And, uh, you know, this was made, and you can tell just when you watch it, that it was made by almost certainly uh, university or college students fucking around with their friends. Uh, This is where a lot of these low-budget and no-budget movies start. Uh, So, to me, and again, this is just my opinion, when you see a lot of ideas and a lot of ingenuity and a lot of people trying hard, well, that, you know, that just gets a lot of points in my book. And, and I think in this movie, uh, the, a lot of the effort actually uh, pays off. But, uh, but what do you think, Mo? Well, I was going to say, it, it seems to me like, like a lot of these movies, are you uh, like well-versed in The Simpsons? Of course. Uh, well, I, would, I would assume you are because you're a big geek like I am. And, I uh, am, <laughs> and um, there is a there is a, a, an episode once that says something to the effect of like this this uh, is based on a drunken boast, you know. And I can't right? remember what, what specifically they were talking about, but the, based on a drunken boast. And it seemed to me like a lot of these movies are like based on like dr- on like some serious beer drinking nights, you know. Like they start, yeah, drink. absolutely. Yeah, they start getting, they start drinking, they get nice and drunk, and they go, "Man, wouldn't it be fun to kill you on screen?" You know, and then next thing you know, they're making a movie. I mean, I could totally see that sort of thing happening. In fact, when we, uh, when I worked on a film a few years back, the 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 genesis of it was definitely in a lot of. Let's, see, I'm going to put drunken in quotation marks. <laughs> we were doing a lot of beer. Yeah. And we were talking a lot, and uh, during the late into the evening, and yes, yeah, so certainly there were conversations with, "Hey, wouldn't it be great to kill you?" And then you would add on screen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and and that you know, but of course that led, and just like it did in this case, and maybe that's one of the things I liked about this movie is that it kind of felt like uh, people were kind of unleashing all of these ideas and they were just throwing so many out and even if like 90% of them don't hit at least you know it felt like people who they had a chance to make a movie so they were going to put everything that they could into it uh and you know that that I think is a sort of an admirable thing but yeah it definitely was like uh, there's a scene in in the our uh, the movie that I made where uh we were running a little short so we decided that we needed a character that was like Q from the James Bond movies. <laughs> okay. So I remember staying up till like three in the morning uh, writing this scene and I thought it was like the most hilarious thing ever because I was doing so much beer. Uh, and uh, it was... A... <laughs> and, and we thought that it would be hilarious if he was testing like the ballistic properties of Jell-O. So he would be, he would be blowing up all this Jell-O with firecrackers. I mean, I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. We were out of our minds. Anyway, that's for another episode. But that's the same kind of inventiveness that I thought was, was really on display here. Though... 
we take the good, we take the bad, we take them both, and then we have some, some more to be. be. Not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. not not all good, that's for sure. But uh, uh, I think uh, t- t- talk a little bit more about your own reaction to it. Mo. Well, I like from the opening seconds of this movie, I had a sneaking suspicion of how I was going to feel about it because that like. Uh, what's the production company on this? Like Lunar Melee or something like that? <laughs> yeah. That the noise that they use during their like for their opening like logo. I mean, this is the first like three seconds of the movie is so goddamn annoying. Like it's ear splittingly loud. <laughs> painful and obnoxious and I was like oh my god I really hope that the rest of this movie isn't like that and for the most part it wasn't you know I mean it's it's not I mean the sound quality is not terrible I mean it's touchy but you know not awful but man like just like that I mean maybe it was just that maybe that put me in the mood to 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 not be happy during the rest of the film but god damn that was annoying (laughs) I could just see you you get turned off the movie in the first ten seconds. It's like, oh fuck this movie! I was I watching compl- the rest. I, of the I was completely turned off to the movie within the first like five seconds of the film. Yeah, <laughs> just for that to goddamn noise. Um, it won. Yeah. You know what? I, I would say. I mean, it did win me back. I have to say because the last because like the third act of this film fucking cracked me up. But um, yeah, I think it probably won me back around the time when um, when Dante and Adam are fighting inside the giant worm's belly. See now, now of course the people listening right now have no idea. No what idea what I'm talking, talking about. about. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. But that's just the sort of thing that you can say uh, about this movie because there's so much kind of. And I mean, I think the the word I would use to describe this movie is overstuffed. Oh my god! It it seems like they have all these different kind of plot threads that are kind of pushing together. This is a lot three of movies. Yeah, this yeah, is not. It's, it's, it's this least, is not one movie. This is three movies packed into one. 145-minute, you know, package. Uh, or I'll one, admit one that hour and 45 minutes, not 140. That compared to the comedies that I normally watch for the No Budget Nightmares column, this is one of the few that there are moments that legitimately made me laugh, like like that I thought were clever and fun. And it's actually interesting that you mentioned The Simpsons. I'm not really going to compare the sense of humor here, but it really does feel like... Uh, a group of people who were raised on that sort of sensibility, uh, that kind of like anything goes, flexible reality where things can get really, really goofy, and then you're supposed to be brought back into not a serious situation, but certainly uh, you're supposed to at some points care when somebody's being killed. But in this movie, <laughs> in this movie, when someone dies, generally no one cares, and they just make a point of showing that again and again. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course there's also the point that like you could kill off the main characters and it doesn't really matter because they'll come back five minutes later. Yeah, and it doesn't matter anyway because who gives a shit? The movie will be over and then we won't ever have to deal with these characters again anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the movie because you talked about the production company logo, so we're already well on our way. We're, we're fifteen. <laughs> we're fifteen seconds. We're ten minutes into the episode. Fifteen seconds into the film. 
<laughs> now, there's a lot to cover here because it is so overstuffed. So let's kind of jump right into it because the first 10 minutes, I'll tell you, the first time I watched this, the first 10 minutes actually sort of turned me off of it. And it has nothing to do with the tone, though the tone itself is kind of, it's it's silly right off the bat. We're introduced yeah. to, to our two main characters who are Dante, who's played by Fabian Rush, the director, and Jack, who's sort of like his uh, goofy best friend. And they're just driving in a car and... They they pull over and they kind of uh, encounter this – they encounter a shitload of bad blue screen is what they encounter. Yeah, it's really – I mean the blue screen in this movie is goddamn awful. It is fucking terrible. Though, <laughs> to, to their credit, despite the fact that it's terrible, they do everything they can with it because they use it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and it does – I mean, I have to admit that, that there are moments when you're looking at this terrible blue screen and you can't help but laugh because, you know, it's like they're really – you know, they're owning it. You know, they're not trying to hide it in the background somewhere. I mean, they're really owning this horrible blue screen. Yeah, it's front row center. And, in fact, they use it in this opening scene because they have this uh, this goth girl wearing, like, uh, cat-eye contacts and, uh, and Some, a mask. And, yeah. And she's basically been – there's only one of her, but she's, like, seven different women thanks to this uh, use of blue screen. Oh, hello. The more merrier. But it's, it's a really simplistic idea. They go out into the middle of this field. Um, they party for a second. And then they're – Basically murdered by uh, by uh, kind of uh, at this point a character we don't really know um, and and these goth girls who wants to give me a blowjob <laughs> that's right who wants to give me a blowjob who wants to give me a blowjob not you that's basically and, and Don- that's basically standard for what Jack says through the rest of the movie. I mean, that's that's his sense of humor there, so... Yeah, you know, you and you know, I'll tell you, yeah, if, if you're going to get on board with him, you got to get on board early, because he's not a uh, great actor, but he's very enthusiastic, and he gets <laughs> some of the, the best comedic moments in the movie by far. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention that in this opening scene, Dante uh, is speaking with a British accent. Just a really uh, horrible a, British accent. <laughs> really horrible British accent. And I like to think, and I, maybe I should have asked him when I talked to him, but I'd like to think that Fabian was thinking about actually doing a awful British accent for the entirety of this movie because it comes back again and again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out later that the reason he, he's putting on this uh, British affectation is because he thinks that all goth girls love British accents, and he's probably right. Everyone knows gothic girls dig English accents. Why the hell are you speaking in a British accent? Jack, Lilith is goth. Everyone knows that gothic chicks dig people with English accents. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, he gets his arm chopped off in this opening scene, and uh, basically... There's this big close-up of his face going, wah, wah, and then, <laughs> and then he does what Mo loves more than anything else in a movie. He wakes up. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I, He wakes it, up. My issue comes with that happening at the end of the movie. So, I mean, within, right. the, within the first five minutes is, is, is okay. Yeah, this isn't Nightmare Asylum. Uh, and the fact <laughs> is, no matter how divided we might be on our opinion in this film in some ways, this is not fucking Nightmare Asylum. <laughs> it's not Nightmare Asylum, no. Our last division of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, even I'll admit that this is better than Nightmare Asylum. Ah, uh, good. I'm glad we're on board with that. 
So he wakes up and um and we re- we realize that uh, uh Dante is actually a university student and he calls his friend Jack who we saw in the opening scene on the phone and Jack is reading a a, a book about nasty nuns which is amazing. Oh god, I I want that book so bad. That's actually I like when I saw that book I'm like holy shit because that is a book that I've wanted for ages. You know, yeah, you, I mean it, it's a real I, book. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's called it's called Antichristo: The Bible of Nasty Nun Cinema and Culture. But it's a hundred and ten dollars on Amazon. You know, and <laughs> and it's one it's one of those books that I've wanted for ages because I love nun exploitation. But it's so freaking like prohibitively expensive that I've never been able to get it. <laughs> well, maybe I just reveal too much about myself. I don't know. Keep living the dream, Mo, and one day you'll have it. Uh. <laughs> So he basically tells Jack that he wants to uh, – there's a girl in school who is a goth, and her name is Lilith, and he is really, really super fucking interested in her. And he is going to – this is the day that he is going to ask her out, uh, and he's going to do that with his British accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Jack isn't really on board with it. but No, Jack hates the British accent. <laughs> Stop with the accent. He makes it very verbal, and I hate it too, so I'm right there with him in this case. Uh, This scene is great because Jack, at the end, with his uh, nasty nun fucking book on his chest, he lifts up his arm and he has a bunch of tissue paper stuck to his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Then he sniffs it at the end. Yeah, for that one, I just kind of wrote cum, you know, I just wrote cum rag joke. I I couldn't even think to write it down. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. But it's so Jack. Yeah, well, it's so Jack is right. Uh, <laughs> so they get together at the Virginia Generic University, which is where they're going to school, <laughs> uh, and uh, and they're going to go down to the uh, to the underground, which is where all the goths hang out. I do uh, have to give this movie credit; they found a fine collection of goths, and when I say fine, I don't necessarily mean attractive, nope. but I do mean that they are very uh, representative of the goths I've known in my life. Oh, absolutely, so absolutely, yeah. Basically, they're a real yeah. mix of people. Yeah. But recognizably goth. <laughs> yeah. Chubby chicks in half shirts. Yeah, well, that's probably how I would describe it if I was trying to be Mo-like. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, believe the, I believe the correct term is uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's going to actually act out a, a script that he's made up for this occasion. Uh, that he wants Jack and him to have a conversation. Uh, this would be, fa- uh, sorry, uh, Dante and Jack. And they're want, uh, they want Lilith, who's at the, this, this kind of restaurant. It's a very brightly lit, kind of fun looking restaurant for a bunch of goths to be hanging out in. Yeah, uh, I was a little surprising. <laughs> they want her to overhear what they're saying, uh, with the hopes that it's going to get her interested. And, uh, they're going to talk about something, um, well, actually, they just throw away the, the script, and because Jack asks, Dante, if he's heard her say anything, and he says that she commonly mentions or frequently mentions the Dark Moon Goddess. Oh, yeah. That's one of the movies, by the way. This is <laughs> this is two of the movies that are in this three-movie movie, movie uh, kind of colliding all at once here. Yeah. Uh, there's a great moment where he's kind of imagining what it's going to be like to be with this character Lilith, and uh, it's just like a little fantasy sequence of her sitting wearing bunny ears in a cemetery, I, and her. I, you know, the the bunny ears is what killed it for me. That I mean, that's <laughs> that that was great. Yeah, this is this isn't the. Uh, luckily, this is the only scene in a uh, in a cemetery. This isn't barely legal lesbian vampires. Ugh. 
<laughs> and in fact, my favorite part of this entire scene is that he, when uh, when they mention the the, the uh, dark moon goddess, and she does get interested and start to come over, he suddenly puts in some in quotation marks custom made fangs. He opens up a little <laughs> plastic case and he puts on these fangs onto his teeth, and he goes. Ah, like he, he motions like like ha! Ah, look how cool I look, and the teeth immediately fall out on the <laughs> She's coming over here. Oh, oh, cover for me. Dante, what the hell are those? They're custom-made vampire things. Come on, Jack. Everyone knows that gothic chicks dig vampires. I don't know, man. This movie hits my funny bone. Uh, uh, well, you know, it's, it's 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 a lot more fun to talk about this movie, I feel, than it is to to watch it. I mean, watching it was a little torturous, but it actually is a lot of fun talking about it. So, I don't know. Well, we do find out, and a lot of things get revealed in this scene that become important later on. One of them is that uh, there's a character named Adam, who's like another goth guy. Uh, I'm not sure. He looks sort of like uh, overgrown Trent Reznor. Mm. And and he um, he is also obsessed with Lilith, uh, much to the chagrin of his uh, girlfriend, and uh, Yvette. That's what his girlfriend's name is. And, uh, and she's really needy and also a goth. Um, yeah. And he, he kind of looks at on and, and just stares at Dante, but this, that'll become important a bit later. The important thing is that they invite Lilith to a party. Well, a seance. They invite, that's right. They invite her to a seance. Uh, at least it, uh, it's a ruse that they're inviting her to a seance, which yeah. is actually going to be a party. Uh, and then she does agree to it. And then we find out that Lilith has a secret. What's that secret? I, I like to, I, I put down in my note, I said that Lilith has, has a Gollum moment. <laughs> <laughs> She's, you know, she starts talking back and forth to herself, and we find out that the Dark Moon Goddess is uh, actually sharing uh, Lilith's body with her. Well, he certainly seems interesting. What do you think? I think he would be more interesting with his intestines woven through his eye sockets and tied into a bow. Come on, doesn't it intrigue you just a little bit that he seems to know who you are? Lilith? Something just doesn't seem right about this. Why would a man want to hold a ritual to honor me? Unless he's suicidal. Yeah, exactly. She has... um... It always reminds me of that scene in Ghostbusters where Sigourney Weaver is like, I want you inside me. And Bill Murray goes, I think there's enough people in there already. I probably just, probably just massacred that line. I apologize. But, uh, but yeah, she's, she basically has a split personality. So it, the, the camera uh, kind of reverses back and forth. So she's having a conversation with herself. And we also learn that this Dark Moon Goddess is awfully murderous in that she's apparently killed uh, lots of people around town. We see a few news broadcasts. The, the classic low-budget movie news broadcast, which looks nothing like a real news broadcast. <laughs> I, I used to make a joke that, that basically every second movie I watched that were made on these kind of really limited budgets, they always had a news broadcast in them. It just seems like that's a really great way to get like kind of uh, get a lot of information across quickly, but they always looked absolutely fucking terrible. 
Well, yeah, there's there's two really great ways to do that. You either have an old expert who knows everything, or you have a news broadcast. I mean, this right. this one this one has the, <laughs> the news broadcast. It's not it, now. Admittedly, it's not nearly as bad looking as say like the Birdemic new news broadcast, but <laughs> but <laughs> it is still pretty bad. And it also isn't required to do quite as much heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's just in the background in kind of two scenes, uh, just to get the idea across that that men are being murdered in this uh, in in Virginia, I guess. Yes. Um. So Dante and Jack, the they, this is probably my favorite part of the entire movie. So I'm going to talk about it. Uh, is that they're outside now, uh, outside the school, and Dante has uh has to convince Jack to let them use Jack's cousin's mansion. For the party that they're going to throw. Job. Job, right. Jack's cousin is a crazy redneck named Job. Uh, and uh, and Jack is very resistant. So Dante has to do a little convincing. And this would be a great opportunity to put in a little sound clip from the movie. <laughs> because because it's, it's, he goes, Fine, think about it this way. Nude. Gothic. Chicks. No. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter what he says. Jack just goes, no. <laughs> until he gets to probably the catchphrase of the entire movie a gothic orgy did you say gothic orgy oh yeah gothic orgy okay <laughs> And Jack goes, did you say gothic orgy? And he goes, a, a gothic orgy! <laughs> and it just reverberates. <laughs> I, uh, uh, th- this, is, this is one of the few moments, this is actually one of the few moments in the film that I actually uh, like noticed them trying to like find their spot, you know? Because uh, you see, because uh, when uh, uh, Dante kind of puts his arm over, over Jack's shoulder and they're, and they're, and they take like two or three steps forward. You see Jack looking down at the floor just to find out where he's supposed to stop. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, like Jack does these little things like that all the time. Like, like you notice, like Dante almost never flubs his lines in the movie, like almost ever, you know, but Jack flubs every other line in the film. So it's just like really great to watch these two go back and forth because like Dante, like Dante knows what he's doing, you know, and Jack is like clueless and it's hilarious. (laughs) And of course, it, it's sort of the tone of the movie kind of allows that sort of thing because yeah. I mean they'll they, they, there's a part just coming up where they just uh, he tells a story directly to the camera. It, <laughs> it's very much aware of the fact that that uh, nobody is taking things too seriously. Yeah, uh, which which is fine, fine in this case, which where it's a comedy in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they go to the mansion, and uh, unsurprisingly, since Job is a Jesus freak, uh, the place is covered with crucifixes and paintings of Jesus and all sorts of uh, religious paraphernalia. Yeah, Christian paraphernalia. Yeah, and and, uh, which is uh, quite at odds with Dante's uh, shirt, which has Christ sucks cock on the (laughs) back. Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I actually, I think I asked, I can't remember... um, I can't remember what his answer was, but uh, check out the interview with Fabian Rush because I asked him what happened to that Christ sucks cock shirt <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I just really get into the the um, chemistry between the the two guys because it. I think the best scenes in this movie are when it's just the two of them. Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, 
yeah, when 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 it brings in a lot of other characters, that's when it's not as interesting to me. But well, no, it's because it, basically because basically everybody else in the film is horrible. I mean, like they're not you know like like most of the actors in this in this movie are, are just shit. I mean, and that includes Jack, but at least Jack is like over enthusiastic about it, so it's funny. Also, he's a very recognizable to a person kind of character in that he's the goofy friend who mm. is kind of over enthusiastic about things and yeah. uh, kind of kind of dickish sometimes. But I mean, we didn't mention it before, but Lilith, not a great actress, I have to say. Uh, no. Very doesn't have a lot of personality, which I, in her role it's kind of difficult because she's talking to herself, and they're supposed to have very disparate <laughs> personalities. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lilith was hired for her midsection, which is fine, by the way. Yeah, it's perfect. Per- perfect midsection. <laughs> Put that on the posters <laughs> in the future. The problem is, is that, is that you know, the the, the whole talky talky part is is a little off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I mean, that that's exactly right. Um, so well, they're in the mansion. Sorry, yeah, we're at we're at. No, I was just going to continue where you where you left off. We, you know, we're yeah, at the please. mansion, and uh, and 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 like there's a there's a reoccurring joke. I mean, well, it reoccurs twice, but it makes me laugh both times about, you know, like uh, Dante looking for something in the mansion. You know, in this particular case, he's looking for a bathroom, <laughs> you know, and uh, and Jack tells him, he goes, oh, well, it's, you know, it's it's in the east wing, like uh, two or three doors past the veranda. Okay, well, where's the bathroom? It's uh, in the east wing, just about two or three doors on the other side of the veranda. Okay. Uh, what's the veranda? It's kind of like a portico, only a little bit smaller. Okay, well, uh, good. You know, and, and Dante's like, well, what's a veranda? And he's like, well, it's like a portico, only smaller. <laughs> you know, so it's like, who knows? And he's like, ah, oh, portico. And then he says, and then he says one of my favorite lines from Dante in the whole movie. He goes, he goes, I, I gotta race like a piss horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. That's really a great line. It's just, I mean, and, and, uh, Fabian as Dante, he's obviously the most confident actor in the movie. Uh, yeah. but he's, he also, he, his delivery on some of these lines is so ridiculous. It kind of really makes some of this really silly dialogue work. Um, and I don't mean to be like over complimentary because believe me, this movie has problems, yeah. but I don't, I think he, uh, probably because he's the director and gives a shit a lot more than the other people. Uh, you know, he, you can tell he's putting everything into his performance. Yeah. But I love I I love at this point when because this is basically the point where uh, I mean they're in another room now at this point like it's another like dining room or whatever and they're uh, they're talking about how like there's another crucifix in there and and uh, and Dante says something like oh how vomitous <laughs> which I thought was hilarious uh, <laughs> and like. And like Jack, just, Jack's, this is the point where Jack's going to tell the story about about his uh, about his cousin, and he just shoves Dante like out of the way. <laughs> and the camera comes like right up into his face, and like that's like a reoccurring theme we see too. Like anytime somebody wants to take like center stage, you know, like basically they just shove the other person out of the way. <laughs> it's great too because this story is all about Job and the fact that he's a religious nutcase that was uh, training to be a uh, priest, and um, he. Uh, ended up being excommunicated uh, because because he was part of a witch hunting group uh, that that murdered a bunch of uh, <laughs> witches apparently. Even though that doesn't, you think that's really going to play into the plot at some point, but it no. never really does. Never does. He was trained in so Utah. This, Utah. Yeah. <laughs> he was trained in Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. West Virginia. West Virginia. At the age of twenty, Job inherited this house. 
from his parents, recently deceased, Billy Job and Susie Job. This house has been in the family for a gazillion years. He studied to become a reverend in Utah. Utah. Illinois. Illinois. And West Virginia. West Virginia. And became a very well-respected man. But he was excommunicated when it was discovered that he was the head of a witch-hunting organization that would seek out various pagan groups and massacre them with swords forged in the shape of crosses. Look out! <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, Job is, is my favorite character in the entire in the entire movie, and he's in it for, like, 35 seconds. <laughs> that, that's because you, re- you relate to his religious I re- fervor, I, I think. Well, I relate to his accent. I, I'm really, you know, just, <laughs> I, I love rednecks. That's that's pretty much it. Well, Job is a bit of a survivalist, and uh, his basement <laughs> is full of food, just in case he needed to stay down there for months and or years. It's got boxes, shitloads of boxes, which are going to come into play a little later, uh, of um, of what is supposed to be food, and they check old food. this old food from 1989, super fucking old food. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm thinking about what happens next, and it's disgusting me. <laughs> well, they open up some of the food, and it's rotted to shit. And it's hilarious because they've uh, they, to show the mold on it. It looks like they've just dipped relish all over everything. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, all right. This has that great line where uh, he's talking about um, you can't. Dante is is basically taking all the food upstairs so they can get rid of it outside and he says jack you can't get diseases from rotten food can you like crabs or something and jack goes not unless you're fucking the food uh Uh, so just what you were thinking of just then he does try to leave with the food but he uh, slips and the food goes all over him and it is yeah and it's fucking revolting it's so gross looking jack (laughs) throws up on him and Jack throws up on him just to, just to add insult to uh, to insult. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is funny because all this – there's a lot of setup here to something that when I saw this movie for the first time and maybe when you saw it as well, I didn't expect it at all. Like, oh, no, I no. Thought, I, yeah, not I at thought all. At this, I thought at this point I kind of knew where things were going. They have this kind of witch type character, the moon goddess. She's going to show up to the seance, uh, and and uh, when she finds the party, all sorts of shit is going to go wrong. But that's not really what happens because we discover by these uh, horribly fake looking rats, like super just rubber rats. What are you talking about? They looked completely real. <laughs> I love. I I do have to say, there's some. My wife is laughing in the background, but but there there's some. There is some fine puppeteering in this movie, which will come into play momentarily. But but uh, it's not with these rubber rats. No, that this are... is not. This is not fine puppeteering whatsoever. <laughs> so these rats in the basement eat the uh, rotten food, uh, and that uh, that's going to become important um, <laughs> because uh, they're Dante and Jack are upstairs and they're cleaning up the place, and they notice that Dante has left the uh, basement door open, and. Um, there's uh, there's actually some spilled food on the uh, the floor. So Dante actually goes to get some mouse traps while Jack cleans up cleans up the floor. And while Dante <laughs> is getting these mouse traps, he notices what he which thinks are, is a which which are past the portico, which is like a veranda but bigger. <laughs> 
That's right. Sorry. He, he goes into the room. I'm, I'm glad you got the callback because otherwise yeah. that first part of the joke didn't make as much sense. I mean, nope. it's still funny, but it's funnier with the callback. Um, he goes in this room and he thinks he sees what is a stuffed animal and he asks Jack if they have a stuffed animal collection, but it's not a stuffed animal. What is it? I, you know, I, I don't know. What the hell do they even call him? I, I, every time I took a note, I wrote it down as the creature. You know, I mean, that's like it's some rat worm thing, you know. And, but basically, it's a really ridiculous, like, furry puppet, you know. There's, there's, they, the rats have uh, somehow morphed with worms, which they actually mention a little later, and they've become these giant furry rat worms. Just ridiculous. And they're ridiculous, and there's tons of them, right? So they're, they're basically all over these. The they're basically just to describe. They're about arm length uh, puppets, all covered in hair, and they're just one big long string, except for the mouth, which has all of these scraggly teeth in it. Yeah, the inside of the mouth sort of reminded me of, like, uh, critters. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that that's, you know, uh, this whole section of the movie kind of reminds me of that sort of, you know, gremlins, critters, yeah. uh, the, the Return of the was it uh, Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn? That's actually what it really reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's basically and I I need to stop using that word basically, but uh, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, maybe, it's you should, maybe you should switch it with actually. <laughs> actually, uh, now is the time when they. I almost said basically again. They 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 try to get as many gags in involving these. Arms coming at them as possible. You show they show the the these rat creatures on the phone. It shows them sword fight sword fighting with candles. Uh, uh, and what's I think what's most amazing about these things is a the very fact that they decided that this was where the movie should go. Uh, <laughs> but b they're supposed to be these dangerous creatures that that are are you know I guess theoretically life threatening. But they don't do any damage when they bite. I mean, they do, like, kind of temporary damage. But the first thing one does is bite uh, Dante on the crotch. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on, hold on. You're, 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 you're like, I, I don't want to go back on anything, but but you skipped the greatest scene in the movie. Uh, and that's Dante's reaction when the first one moves. <laughs> you're right. That is the best moment. <laughs> That's, that right there is my favorite moment in the entire movie. You know, like Dante goes and he reach he reaches down to go and touch it, and it kind of like reels up on him and like opens its mouth, and goes, you know, and like and he does this like spin, but it's like in slow motion, and right. he just starts and he just starts like convulsing, you know, and doing this weird like almost like a like a snake like dance, you know, and it's the most. I mean, like and it goes on for way too long. It was like, I think it's like five or six, like full seconds, you know, and it's absolutely hilarious. It's easily, easily the funniest bit in the entire movie. I mean, he basically turns and screams like a little girl with his hands <laughs> up and everything. Like, Wah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not afraid to look, make themselves not look uh, particularly uh, uh, brave in this movie because that sort of thing happens a lot. In fact, he screams like a little girl Quite a few times in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, a, I'm actually surprised because I actually I have a really girly scream myself. You know, I don't have a problem. Can we hear that. it, Mo? I'd like to hear this girly but scream. No, 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 no. It, it, ha- it has to come naturally. It's it's an organic thing. I can't I can't do it on my own. Um, Somebody who's but, listening uh, who lives in the Connecticut area, please make your way over to Mo's place <laughs> so we can hear what his scream sounds like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. 
But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that none of uh, none of my buddies ever forced me to do something like that on on film. But uh, yeah, man, that's yeah. His scream is is hilarious. But then you know, but then moving on, uh, yeah, one of them <laughs> bites bites Dante right on his freaking dick, and it's hilarious. <laughs> they bites him on the dick, and then Jack tries to get it off of him, so he reaches <laughs> for this creature. And as he's doing it, another creature bites him on the arm, and he just makes this look like like fucking. Jesus. And then it just cuts to both of them kind of <laughs> fighting off these creatures that are hanging from them. And it's like, you know, it's it, it's it's hilarious. Uh, but the creatures themselves, this is what I was saying about the puppeteering. Isn't they're actually well done? Of course, it's just an arm. There's only so much you can do with it. But yeah. at least at least they're kind of uh, fun. Uh, and they try to stop. Um, they try to stop the creatures. Um, actually, what they do is they they run out of. Uh, Oh wait, I'm sorry, I, I missed a, a little bit here. So wait, you, th- you missed a bit where Jack tries to do the the whiskey fireball. <laughs> so Jack tries to do a whiskey <laughs> fireball. <laughs> yeah, so he does the old uh, take a, a swig of Jack Daniels and has a lighter and he's gonna blow fire at it, but <laughs> then, he, then he just swallows. <laughs> He swallows and just forgets about the creatures. And not only does he forget about the creatures, the creatures, when they find out that they're not terrifying him anymore, they just get bored and leave. <laughs> I also love, he does a great job of unscrewing the cap on that Jack Daniels. He just goes, boom, all in one motion, and it just flings off. <laughs> that, he, that right that right there is an experienced Jack Daniels drinker, because I got to tell you, I can do the same thing. It's, it's an awesome feeling when he just, when he just hit it that once and it just spins right off the top. I like he reaches into a cupboard and and grabs another bottle of booze and he goes Ooh, ah cocktails. cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they uh, they realize that all of these creatures are um, are uh, coming from the basement because they mm. realize somehow despite the fact what they look like that they're mutated rats. So they do uh, the most realizing that people are going to come to their house soon and it could be dangerous. They do what any smart person would, and they put an off limit sign on the basement and just leave it. <laughs> that that actually, uh, you know, that that like that's another theme we see a couple more times in the movie. Like when something's like too big to handle, they just put an off limit sign and close the door. Yeah, and in fact, the last time that Jack does that, he puts the S backwards on. Off-limit. Yeah. <laughs> This is great now because, um, well, they cut back for a moment to Lilith, and we learn a little bit more about her boring situation that isn't really that interesting. Oh, uh, God. That's, it's, it's basically her, uh, basically, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Her alter ego, uh, the Moon Goddess, is watching snuff porn on television, uh, and we which get is, a which, sense. Which is the most entertaining part of this scene? <laughs> the snuff porn. Yeah, the yeah the fake snuff porn is absolutely the most entertaining part of this scene because listening to Lilith talk to herself is mind numbing. And that happens uh, either her talking to herself or there's a part later where she tells a story. Not not the most inspiring parts of this movie. No, but but watching watching them like stab this dude in the neck and then shove a fucking dildo like into the hole is, is it's inspired. It is absolutely inspired. It is it it it, it really saves the scene because otherwise I would want to kill myself. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Yeah, and we get an idea that they uh, have kind of a complicated relationship and that uh, Lilith, <laughs> the, the person Lilith, is sort of interested in coming to this uh, thing just because she hasn't been able to have a relationship with a uh, male because... Well, because uh, the goddess keeps killing them. <laughs> keep, keeps killing them, exactly. Uh, but enough of that boring stuff. Back to Jack and Dante, and this is another one of my favorite lines. They're sitting on a bed, and Dante's all depressed, as he is sometimes in this movie, and he goes something like, I mean, the plan was working and everything, and then, uh... Fucking mutant rats! <laughs> <laughs> so they decide that what they're going to do is kill all the rats that are in the house, uh, that are currently in the house, and uh, and uh, they hope that none, no more rats can actually get up during the party. Some people might yeah. have, have, have canceled the party under, this, under these kind of circumstances, but not these no guys. Way. They no feel like way. it's under control. But I love, I love they they have like a little bit of like an of an embrace moment, you know, and they're like, yeah, let's go do this. And then like Jack looks at looks at Dante and goes, "You're such a poser." Like when he said that, like I just, I, I'm like, I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Uh, earlier when uh, Dante says something, what does he say? He's outside the the um, the school and. Um, All the time. Oh, he says something like, positively <laughs> stupendous. And, 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 and uh, Jack goes, you are so white. By the way, we should mention <laughs> that, that Dante is black. <laughs> One oh, yeah, of the few yeah, black characters had... in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's the only one, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Others. Even at the party, I think he's the only one. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, it... I mean it's, it seems to make sense. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of, I mean, it's not a huge, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I don't know a lot of. Black Are you talking cops, about Virginia? But... Well, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, there's Virginia too. I mean, I don't know a lot of black goths from Virginia. <laughs> Virginia is for lovers. That's all I know about Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back on track. Uh, there's a knock on the door, <laughs> and it happens to uh, be um, Adam. Adam's at the door, it, and he's pissed. In his stupid, giant, big boots. In his stupid, giant, big boots. <laughs> and he comes in and he immediately uh, accuses uh, Dante of trying to steal away Lilith and uh, tells him to stay the hell away from my woman. So uh, <laughs> they have a very short, not very um, physical skirmish because I imagine they don't want to destroy the, the, the house that they're in. And uh, really quickly, Adam gets thrown down the stairs and locked into the basement. Yeah. I thought it said keep out. It, is it me or is Adam really like the the worst actor in this in this movie? I mean, he's he, really awful. It's either him or his girlfriend, but at least his girlfriend, uh, uh, she she at least is trying. Um, yeah, she she's enthusiastic. I hate her. I hated Yvette too, but I think I mean, Adam's just the worst. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He's shit. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess I guess he he doesn't have to do a lot, thankfully, and he does uh, throw a uh, fine. Kung Fu kick later. <laughs> so I imagine that's why he got invited to the movie. <laughs> so, um, Jack, what, Jack, what's, uh, no, Adam, what's that one move you know that you're in? <laughs> that's right. Let's see that kick again. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You're in. <laughs> so, uh, despite the fact that, and we didn't mention this, but Jack, uh, when he agreed to let them use the house, he said that they, uh, could use it as long as they only invited five, 
uh, goth girls over for their gothic orgy. Uh, but he, of course, invited many more people than that because he had his fingers crossed when he agreed to it, uh, which is the classic rule that if you have your fingers crossed, you do not have to go along with what you just said. Um, fact. Fact, right. Uh, and, and tons of people start showing up to, uh, to the party. And in fact, Jack's reaction to discovering that more people are arriving than he originally thought is saying, you are the son of a pig-fucking motherless whore. <laughs> Slight overreaction. But, uh, but you, know, you, you know what I just realized? Basically, Jack is Randall. From Clerks. I, I, that, that's. I mean, there there are many points throughout the movie, and I think that that this movie. Um, I would imagine when I think back to the early two thousands. I mean, despite the fact that Clerks came out in the mid nineties, the effect of it on young filmmakers at that time, especially uh, where it still had a lot of that cult appeal. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that it, I think it was definitely an influence on the way that they uh, that they interact and speak uh, in this case. And I mean, the fact that. Uh, the character's name Dante might even might even be. Uh, even... I'm amazed I didn't think I didn't think of that point, but I thought of the other one. Yeah, well, sure, absolutely. So the party starts, and it's it's rocking with all these goths, and they are the gothiest goths that you've gothed ever. Um, <laughs> the gothiest goths who's ever gothed a goth. That's right, and they goth the goth out of each other. Uh, in, the sense... <laughs> in that they they do what goths do at parties, which is just kind of sit on the couch and uh, a couple of them kind of like lick each other's chins and stuff. And that's how things go. Uh, You know, it's a party. It is what it is. But luckily, Jack kind of zeroes in on one of the goth chicks. And he, (laughs) this leads to one of my favorite moments in the movie, so I have to mention it. Um, And he, he, uh, he, 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 woos her uh, at, in very quick fashion and brings her upstairs uh, to a, uh, to have sexual intercourse, as he puts it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he makes he makes some really terrible like innuendo. He's like, <laughs> I will be, I'm gonna be having sexual intercourse. All right, Dante, I'm taking that girl upstairs. I'm gonna give him a short tour, show her some of the rooms, the bedroom. If you get my drift, whatever you do, don't come upstairs. We're gonna be kind of busy, or if you can't, if you if you understand me, all right. We're gonna be uh, having sexual. Intercourse, oh, okay. if you if you uh, get my innuendo. I, I, I've got you. Yeah. Go, do have fun. I will. I always do. I love how that part ends where he's kind of explaining to uh, to Dante where he's going. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, I'll take care of business. Ah, who am I kidding? I've never had sex before. Who am I kidding? I've never had sex before. <laughs> <laughs> and I love... He, he, he says he's going to take her on a tour of the house, but all he does is is go into the bedroom immediately, and he throws her on the bed, actually throws her, and then he gives her a big superfly splash. Yeah, he freaking jumps on her. And the best part about that scene when he jumps on her is that you can actually hear her go, <laughs> when he lands on her. <laughs> she, she, uh, she's not a great actress, but she certainly plays her part well, because all she has to do next is, as Jack is trying to get his shirt off, uh, one of the rat creatures, who up to this point have been fairly uh, innocuous and nonviolent, kills her and starts eating her guts right in the time when he's taking his shirt off. Yeah, he has one of the, he has that great line when he's like caught up in his shirt. Uh, he goes, he goes, what's what are those squishing and crunching noises? <laughs> and it's great because uh, um, she the the intestines that are hanging out of her might be, and I've seen some 
fake-looking intestines in movies before, but it looks like like a bicycle chain, or, I mean, it doesn't look anything. It's black, for one thing. It, it's very, yeah. very bizarre. But, uh, but I mean, it's it's not meant to be... I mean, it's meant to be somewhat grotesque, but it's really supposed to be more funny, which is... Uh, uh, which is really kind of exemplified by the fact that Jack decides to run down and tell Dante to come up because of what has just happened. <laughs> when he actually comes upstairs, he's not actually upset about the girl being dead at all. In fact, when Dante comes in and he can't stop staring at her, he just rolls her up in a blanket and throws her <laughs> off the bed. <laughs> but, that, but, that, but that's another one of those great moments, because at this point, Lilith has already shown up at the uh, uh, at the um, the party, and she's talking to Dante downstairs because they're cutting back and forth, you know. And um, and this is another one of those great moments where, like, where where Jack comes in and he wants Dante's attention, so he just shoves Lilith out of the way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Even though up to that point she's supposed to be like uh, Dante's obsessed with her arriving at the party, and he's talking <laughs> yeah. to her, and he just pushes her the fuck out of the way. Yeah, I mean, it's... I love how she. I lo- Go ahead. Well, I mean, I like that that even. They don't even take their central plot very seriously. <laughs> no. And when it's time to do something else, it's just time to do it. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I love, and I love how I love how I love how uh, Lilith gets to the party. Like her mode of transportation is is just insane. You know, like she. I mean, basically, she like floats to the party. Yeah, it's like it's kind of float, super quick running or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Well, her legs never move. Yeah. So. You know, so I mean, if it's if it's super quick running, then it's like insane because you know you, your legs don't move. But um, they were but moving; they were just moving ridiculous. so quickly that it looked like they were standing still. Mo, that's got to that's. I'm sorry, that's got to be what it was, I guess. <laughs> um, so this is right about the time in the movie where things start to go apeshit. Probably not to the movie's advantage because uh, we're right in the kind of meat of my favorite part of the movie right now. And is that the part where is that the part where um uh, where where Jack tells tells Dante that he heard that he hears some uh fuck some fucked up shit from the vent and then they go over to the vent. Oh my gosh! <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, in all reality, the uh, the the movie now has sort of a, a it, I. I there was a lot of really strong, funny stuff. There's still some funny stuff coming, but I think it's sort of a downhill slide from this point because they have to kind of embrace their plot a little bit more, uh, mm. which is never a good thing. Uh, we should mention, by the way, this is a full-length movie. It's uh, an hour and 45 minutes. Is that right? An hour and 45 minutes? Something. An hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not only a full-length movie. It's actually a little longer than that. Again, not to the movie's advantage necessarily. No, no, no. In this particular case, if they had... If they had, I mean, hell, they could have gotten away with a 69-minute movie in this case. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and they probably could have sliced off really big chunks without any... But, I mean, again, we're talking about uh, not only first-time filmmakers, but people who uh, quite obviously didn't have a lot of experience making movies. Um, yeah. So, things go apeshit. Uh, Lilith tells a story, uh, and it's boring as shit. Everyone, gather round. Try the tale to tell. Cuddle close and cuddle quick. Her time is of the essence. Um, and, and and no one 
And of course, one guy kind of totally dismisses it, while, while of course all the goth girls just clap at the end of it because it's the most amazing Tori Amos lyrics that they've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um... Then the creatures all bust oh, you're, out. You're, Sorry? You're sleeping on the couch tonight, brother. <laughs> like I haven't done that a hundred times before. <laughs> <laughs> so all the creatures start busting into the room and start killing everybody. Yeah, they're really a lot more dangerous at this point, and they murder all of the goth kids. Uh, and not only do they murder the Thank God. Yeah, all these annoying, weird-looking goth kids. And uh, in, in my favorite moment, and I think my wife's favorite moment as well, is that one of the creatures, uh, it tries to eat a cat by just kind of attaching itself to the side of it. And the cat just looks at it like it's the most annoying thing in the world and just walks away. <laughs> uh, uh, we should have mentioned, uh, I should have mentioned, because I'm uh, a verbose motherfucker, uh, that while a lot of this was going on, we discovered that not only are these snake rat creatures going around, or worm rat creatures, there's also a mutated giant mutant rat worm in the basement. Yeah, well, because we, cause we learned through Lilith, essentially, that, um, that w- these creatures, the small ones, are like their pupae form or whatever she fucking says, larval form. And uh, and if they eat enough, they become these bigger versions. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that was a pretty weak way to kind of tie the two plot threads together that are kind of going on really right now. Stupid. Yeah, it, yeah, because yeah, because we come to find out that these monsters are like you know like uh, what's the term? Like they work for Lilith essentially. Yeah, and and it it really doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's tough to go to. Hey, evil moon goddess, when you have monster puppets uh, happening all around you, and you're like, no, no, less of that, yeah. more of the puppets. That's what I want to see. But then again, yeah, you got to understand, I love me some puppets. No, seriously, this movie should have, I mean, they should have cut the entire dark moon goddess, you know, part out of the entire movie and just made the entire movie about these killer puppets. It would have been brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So, so downstairs uh, in the basement, this giant uh, rat uh, worm has evolved, and it's gigantic, and it's got horns. And Adam, as we may remember, who's trapped downstairs, he gets uh, eaten by this uh, giant creature. And that will become important uh, right now, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a- uh, actually, they, Dante and Jack split apart. Jack goes into the the main room with a cleaver, and uh, and Dante goes into the basement. Uh, and <laughs> actually, that's a really hilarious moment as well because he goes into the basement to start killing off some of these creatures. And uh, he goes, "I wish I had a weapon." And one of the creatures <laughs> just appears around a corner with a scythe in its hand. And I think that's how it's pronounced, right? Scythe. Scythe, yeah. Yeah, with a scythe in its hand, and it just passes to him, and he's like, thanks, and he just grabs it and starts <laughs> going to town. Except that involves him falling into boxes and not really doing much of note until he also uh, gets eaten by uh, by the giant worm. Well, there's a great moment, too, that happened just before this, like during the party, where there's a guy having his palms palm <laughs> red. <laughs> And, and you know, and, and they said, like, something like, oh, here's your lifeline. Like, what are all these squiggly worm lines around it? You know, it's just really stupid. And then uh, and then one of the worms kind of pops up behind the guy reading the palm. And the dude getting his palm read goes, that is so fake. 
I love how the guy who's doing the palm reading, when, when he goes, uh, he goes, uh, why is my lifeline being attacked by Wrigley Worms? The guy, he goes, yeah. Couldn't really tell you, man. They're just kind of imprints from picking up things and putting things down. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a pretty great moment. And yeah. actually, right before Dante gets eaten, they do one of those classic uh, Scooby-Doo, Benny Hill scenes where he's searching for yeah. the uh, creature and he's ducking behind boxes and just popping up everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they also and they also do a really really terrible like digital effect on Lilith's face for a second, oh, right. like, for just like split second. Yeah, they like they like do some weird thing where they like stretch out parts of her face and give her fangs and black eyes for a second. It's really fucking stupid. Like she ends up looking like um, she you, like you ever take ever take a troll doll and br- and part its hair down the middle. You know, and, and brush its hair down to the side. Like, that's basically what she looked like after they did that to her. She just looked like a fucking idiotic troll doll. Mo, tell me more about your childhood and your habit of parting the hair of troll dolls. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, if I had to picture what you just said that you did in my mind, that is exactly what she looked like. And, um, and yeah. it, it's during – they have one of those strobe lights going. So it's it's as the light it's goes light dark light dark and and as the light comes on it's so yeah it looks dumb. stupid as shit um, but things all kind of come together at this point in the basement because uh, Yvette arrives uh, because she found out where the party was and she's pissed at Adam uh, and she's pissed at uh, at Lilith as well so they uh, they immediately have a little skirmish that's Lilith and Yvette and as things have already done they all end up in the basement having a major cat fight. Yeah, one of my favorite, one of, you know, I mean, I already said which my favorite scene is, but, like, my second favorite scene is coming up <laughs> very soon. I think I know very exactly soon. what that scene yeah. might be. <laughs> but before that, yeah, so so basically Yvette tosses Lilith down the stairs. Why that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but she does. And they fight. And then Dante and Adam, this is the part I was saying before, this is, this is, around, the, this is around the point where the movie kind of, like, you know, uh, redeemed itself in my eyes. Uh, Dante and Adam are uh, arguing inside the stomach of the beast, and they do this really ridiculous, uh, like, thing where they, like, cut away. Yeah, like, like they superimpose it, basically, on the stomach of this creature. <laughs> yeah. And, and for some reason, for some reason, like, like I don't know if you noticed it or not, but, like, Dante's not wearing a shirt. I noticed. It looked like neither of them were wearing shirts. Suddenly, they, yeah. they were naked in this creature's stomach. And, of course, they have to pretend that they're, like, really crushed tightly together, arguing with each other. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing, there's nothing at all homoerotic about a couple, like, shirtless men, like, pushing close to each other. But, um... It's so ridiculous. And so, yeah, so they're fighting, they're fighting, fighting, fighting. And uh, and eventually, this becomes the the destruction of the giant worm. You know, they bust out um, in in really probably the least gory fashion possible. Uh, they kind of just, you know, they kinda the just pop just... up off the ground out of the thing. <laughs> yeah, basically the puppet comes down, they come up. You know, and then they start fighting again. Uh, we we kind of should mention that the puppet, the gigantic puppet, is has been realized by the use of some more terrible uh, blue screen 
or green screen technology. Yes. It's just a little closer to the screen than the rest of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the material. Um, so now we have two fights that go on simultaneously, a bit of a uh, martial arts fight between Adam and uh, and Dante, where Adam is throwing a bunch of kung fu kicks, and actually he's beating the shit out of Dante pretty handily. And uh, there's also yeah. the, the cat fight, uh, uh, along with cat noises, between <laughs> between Yvette and, um, and Lilith. Now, something happens in that fight, which I think that you were referring to earlier, where uh, oh, absolutely. Yvette is knocked down and her handbag opens, and a a dildo flies out onto the floor of the basement. Uh, yes, thank you. My wife Jill just said a jelly. Yes, a jelly dildo slides across slides across the floor. Um, and then something particularly bizarre happens because at this point I didn't really realize that Lilith had any uh, kind of psychic power. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah she telekin. I don't know what the proper term is. You know, she uses telekinesis. And lifts the fucking thing off the floor and, and starts, like, aiming it at it. And then all of a sudden, they cut to this really amazing, like, first-person dildo cam They use shot. a dildo cam shot, which, that, that is a glory. Like, if you had a demo reel, if, uh, if, if Fabian Rush had a demo reel, you'd put his scream when the creature first appears, followed by the dildo cam, and that's all you need. He's, he's locked Absolutely. in at this point. <laughs> So we get dildo cam, and of course the dildo misses its target, but it hits this big painting of Jesus, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> well, what ha- what happens? What happens is Yvette like grabs the painting of Jesus, you know. So so it's not like it's just sitting there and it, and it hits the painting of Jesus. Like Yvette uses the painting of Jesus sort of like as a bat and like swats away, you know. And, and so so in my notes, I specifically wrote dildo blocked by Jesus, and I'm like. Like, and then I thought to myself after that, I'm like, how often are you ever going to get to say that in life? I can't believe, you know? can't believe Jesus cock-blocked in this movie. <laughs> 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 so, uh, we've, you're right. You would never, you never see that in a movie, unfortunately. Uh, um, this is the point where the, the plot, uh, starts to kind of, they have to get to some sort of resolution. We're about 90 minutes in yeah. at this point, so things are starting to come together. And Lilith, um, Dante explains to Lilith, uh, because actually she crushes Adam's skull. She kills Adam first. So he thinks this is a yeah. great opportunity to tell her how he feels for her and that he's not really British. Um, and yes, <laughs> he has been using the British accent every time he's been talking to her up to this point. Um, and I think that anyone listening to it would have already known that he wasn't really English. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Americans are pretty stupid. They are. That's my experience. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she uh, totally rejects him, as she probably should, since he brought her there under false uh, pretenses. And his plan, which he mentioned earlier uh, when she arrived there, was to get her so drunk that she couldn't remember that she was going to do a séance in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> which is a very college way to look at things. But, uh, but you can't really. Since he's done nothing but lie to her, I guess she, you can't really blame her for kind of uh, walking off. Uh, and then we yeah. then we get another great scene of Dante being depressed while Jack is trying to cheer him up. Uh, the party is basically over, and Jack is back to reading the book about the naughty nuns. <laughs> he asks him, "Why?" Are you- yeah, they, and this is this is they they, they finally they finally uh, uh, they finally make reference to the book at this point. They're like, well, why are you always reading that book? I forget what he says specifically. It's like, uh... Because Nuns is yummy. Because <laughs> Nuns is yummy. 
Yeah, that's right. Because nuns is yummy. <laughs> that, that's a mo thought right there. <laughs> it really was. I mean, like, Jack is me. I, mean, I masturbate all the time. I mean, that's basically, like, how a lot of my life goes. <laughs> so, uh, it's really, really dirty. It's funny because the plot, it, it sort of resolved itself at this point, uh, in that, in that Lilith has left, uh, the party is basically over. The creatures are supposed to have been exterminated. Uh, so you, the fact that there's still like 15 minutes left in the movie is a little bit confusing, uh, and probably unnecessarily so. Um, because there's another knock on the door, and Jack goes down to check on it, and it's actually the returning Job. He's back, and he, and he has a shotgun. It's uh, and of course this is this is Mo's favorite character, <laughs> and uh, he uh, because Jack sees him with the shotgun, he does what any normal person would do, and he just runs and takes off. <laughs> yeah. At least until he remembers that Dante is still in the uh, upstairs room. Uh, and decides that he has to go back, and he yells out to Dante about what's going on. And it is, even in this scheme of awful special effects in this movie, it might be the worst. I, it's it's so great. It's so great. Like, you know, because he showed this shot of of, uh, of Dante looking down from the window. And, I mean, and, like, they're, they're at a real house. I mean, why they couldn't have just had... Dante, like, stick his head out of a real window is beyond me. Like, why they had to do it my, blue screen. My understanding is, and just, just to give it a little bit more explanation, so Jack is talking to Dante. Dante is talking to him from the upstairs window, but he's been blue screened on a real window, so it looks like... I mean, it does... I don't know what it's supposed to be, but uh, Fabian told me it's that, that the, the film... This house is actually three different houses that were used and kind of pieced together. Uh, and when I don't know why they had to use that establishing shot earlier that matches with this house, but obviously they didn't have the ability to use that house <laughs> for this shot. But you could have just put them out any window. No one would have. It would have. It would have been a lot less distracting than this awful blue screen that's occurring. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have cared. So uh, Job comes into the room where Dante is, and uh, he says, of course, What is a Negro doing in my sanctuary? What is a Negro doing in my sanctuary? But that's the- when, he says, when he says that line, like, when, like, like, that killed me. What is a Negro doing in my sanctuary? You know? You come back again, I'll bust you like a chicken, boy. Chicken. It's great because Dante actually does an impression of it later, which also sounds really... He was all like, what's a Negro doing in my sanctuary? <laughs> I also, it's a pretty good impression, too, actually. I also love that when he comes at him with the shotgun, he just reaches out off screen and pulls Yvette, who we didn't even know was in the room at that point, in front of himself to try to protect himself. <laughs> um, I love it. And, and uh, <laughs> then... Then we see uh, Jack uh, Jack basically come back and tell Dante to get running. And as he's saying it, Dante just sprints by him, <laughs> running towards the car to get out of there. And they do, of course, the, the classic uh, slide across the, uh, the the car. Well, they slide across the car and jump in through the window the in order to escape. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and like, yeah, Jack does a really slick move where he, he like... You know, where he just, I mean, basically jumps feet first, like, into the window of the, of the yeah, car. Yeah, they it's do the Dukes of Hazzard impressive. thing. I mean, they, 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 uh, they yeah. obviously really wanted to do that, so <laughs> who knows how many times they had to. But, yeah, they do the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh, my God. Um, 
why can't I think of what the front of a car is called that he has to slide across? It's, the called, hood. it's called the hood. The hood. <laughs> he slides across the hood of a car. Oh, who wouldn't remember that? Um, and this, and they escape. They escape in the car, and they're very relieved. And um, then something irritating happens, which is that the movie loops itself, and we, we get the opening once again. They're in the car, so just like in the dream at the opening, they're they're together in a car, and they pull over to see the goth chicks uh, that are in the field. And as they do a slow zoom on the radio for some reason, they uh, they cut to some of the things that we saw at the very beginning of the movie. They're not doing a slow zoom on the radio. They're doing a slow zoom on the keys. Oh, why? To show to show to show that he locked his keys in his car. Oh, but who cares that he lost his locked his keys in his car at this point? Because he can't get because he has an opportunity to get back into his car and run away, but he can't because it's. Oh, uh, see, I didn't put two and two together <laughs> despite watching this movie three fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> They're so smart in this movie. I just didn't get it. So they oh, they have a little violent incident where where uh, Jack gets immediately killed and Dante gets his arm ripped off. Um, yes. <laughs> and his arm, I don't think we mentioned this at the beginning, but his arm, when it's ripped off, has been blue screened out with this kind of <laughs> CG jutting thing out of it. I mean, it looks ridiculous. And I think they must have realized that because one of the goth uh, demons uh, takes a stick and <laughs> drives it into his stump. So now he has a stick arm. Hey, why don't you why don't you jerk off with that? <laughs> and he like he like he like puts it in front of his face, like looks at it for a second, he goes, I can't beat off with this thing. <laughs> and uh I'll I actually maybe maybe it's just the mood I was in, but at the beginning of the movie this whole sequence I didn't enjoy that much. But it does have a kind of uh funny moments like that one at the very end, even though it just kind of peters out, because uh, Lilith shows up and she basically emotions to uh rip his heart out. Uh, and while while he's doing that, despite the fact that his best friend just got killed and his own arm has been ripped off, he thinks it's a great idea to try to kiss her because uh, this will be the only opportunity that he'll get. Literally, it's now or it's now or never. <laughs> That's right. And of course, That's what he says. She she reacts just like a person in a movie would, which is that she kind of faints for a second, and, and she actually is affected by this kiss. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, she kisses him back because one of the demons reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart. <laughs> and and then and then you know like th- th- uh, I love their you know their take on reality here. Where he's like now he's ar- now he's armless and heartless, and yet he's still running away because he's certain that he can still make. It. This is great. he just goes I can make it I can make it over and over even though he's holding <laughs> his heart in her hand. Uh, and in fact, uh, Lilith looks up and says that she's sorry, uh, but uh, it doesn't matter. Because the movie is now over. Yay. Yay. Uh, and uh, yeah. I hope, Mo, and we didn't talk about this, I hope you stayed for the closing credits this time. Yeah, yeah, because there's some fun little uh, uh, blooper, well, some behind-the-scenes stuff at first. Yeah. they uh, <laughs> There's a little, a little moment where uh, the actress who plays Lilith and the actress who plays Yvette um, are talking about uh, Fabian's uh, lack of knowledge or of the difference between what a dildo is and what a vibrator he is. He goes to the sex shop to buy what is supposed to be a vibrator because that's what's written in the script, and he comes back with a jelly dildo, and they're just massacring him for not knowing the difference between the two. 
they're like, if you're, you know, if you're, if your girlfriend asks you for a vibrator for Christmas and you come back with a dildo <laughs> and he just kind of appears in the background, <laughs> he's just like, eh, whatever, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and then, the, and then some more credits roll. There's no, there's no real funny credits. I didn't know really. like the actual credits themselves. Yeah. But then they, and then they, uh, they play a couple more pages or whatever you want to call title cards worth of credits. And, uh, and then they do. Uh, some behind-the-scenes footage of uh, whomever it was who was doing like, uh, like foley sound, you know, of the or the the creatures' noises, and uh, and just and just I keep calling him Dante. I guess he's Fabian at this point. You know, him just kind of sitting there like cracking up from the dude making the the monster noises. He's absolutely losing it, and it's great because they're recording in a bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and there's a part right at the end where he. Uh, the, the guy who's actually doing the foley is drinking some water while he's trying. He's trying to make the noises. Yeah, well, he's no. What he's doing for that one is he's doing the uh, he's doing the the noises for the uh, the, the the snuff porn. Right, thing. exactly the gurgling noises. From yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> which were very effective. I have to say, I mean, like that's that's pretty much what I imagined it would sound like. I don't know. I I really like those two outtakes. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because we talked about a few weeks ago barely legal lesbian vampires, which also had kind of a cute behind-the-scenes outtake at the end. Um, but, yeah. and, and it kind of got the idea across that, despite the fact that it never looked like anyone was having a good time in the movie itself, at least it seemed like they were having a good time making it. But here, mm. it, it seemed like a lot of the fun that they were having behind the scenes is the kind of thing that they tried to incorporate into the movie itself. And I think that even though the movie kind of ebbs and flows in terms of quality, at its best... It's when it really embraces this uh, this kind of silliness, this kind of lightheartedness, and and really kind of just goes for it. Uh, and and when it hits, I think it hits in a really kind of uh, endearing way. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was really the biggest thing that kept me watching the film was the fact that you know, like that they seemed like they were having such a good time. I mean, I'm willing to forgive a, a lot of shit, and and I really think that's one of the biggest reasons why I like trauma so much is that they really always seem like they're having a really good time while they're making the movies. And, and I mean, that's, that's all it really, ma- that's all it really matters. I mean, if they're having a good time, it comes across on screen, then, you know, then, then it's worth watching at the very least. Yeah. And fuzzy puppets. I mean, if you put that in a movie, I'm right there. Every and, single oh time. my God, I am in. Yeah. And there's lots of them, lots of fuzzy puppets. Uh, no, okay. I want to hear kind of a, a final thought of the movie itself. Uh, now, obviously, you did not like it as much as I did, and I've seen it now three times. You've seen it twice, uh, and it's a case where I, because I, maybe maybe it's part of because I felt that the cast was so endearing and what they were trying to do. I mean, obviously, this was, was made on a nothing budget, and maybe because my mm. wife liked something I enjoyed for once, that might have been part of it as well. But let's give a, let's get a bit of a, a summary from you on your thoughts on the film. Alright, um, yeah, well, Basically, it's as such. the The movie, I mean, it's a piece of shit. It's not. It's not a great movie. It's. I mean, it's pretty standard for what for the sort of crap that we watch on you know for for, for this show. But um, you know, it has. It's better than some. Not as good as others. The only thing saving this movie really is the combination of Jack and Dante. Uh, I mean, really, their their scenes are are what are what kept me going, and the fact that it seemed like they were having a lot of fun. Uh, really, I mean, you know, I know, I know it's probably tough for, for these guys to find actors willing to, you know, be in a movie with them, uh, but 
man, if they could have found anybody else to play Lilith, it probably would have been ideal. Because, man, she killed the movie for me. Like it's like her, Adam, and Yvette are 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 the, the what really ruined the movie for me. But really, it's mostly Lilith because Adam and Yvette are only in the movie for like. 20 minutes. Maybe. Exactly. And, you know, if if, you know. Uh, if Lilith's character, if it looked like she was having as much fun and had as much kind of, uh, uh, had as much sort of um, enthusiasm charisma. and charisma, that's right, as, as uh, Jack and, uh, and Dante's characters, then, then, you know, that would have really lifted her scenes up a little bit. But as it is, every time that she's on screen, things kind of come to a stop or or at least really slow down. And of course it's it also makes yeah. it really difficult to understand why Dante would be so obsessed with her because except for the fact that she has a fine midriff, uh there isn't really that much going for her. <laughs> no, cuz I mean, you know, not to not to be like, you know, I don't know, objectifying women or whatever, I don't know, whatever, who cares. But um you know, it, 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 like, she, I mean, like, really, from the neck down, she's fine. I mean, I, I don't get the face, but maybe that's just me. Are you, are you calling her a butterface? Mate, you know what? Holy shit! I am, in fact, calling her a butterface. Oh, sound the butterface alarm! Shit. <laughs> 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 Yeah, my wife just said that. Uh, is there? Can we have one review where we don't hate on women? I don't think we're hating women. We're just being very obvious. I mean, and and and. Body she, anyway, we are not the body police. She's a very attractive young woman. And um and to to answer her original question, no, we cannot. No, of course not. There, there's women in these movies. We have to talk about them. And also, how else are we going to use the butterface alarm unless we talk about butterfaces? I am so I am so creating a butterface alarm. For this, for this show. <laughs> uh, look, we are not objectifying women. In fact, you might have noticed, those who are listening right now, that I didn't actually agree with Mo in regards to her face. I think she has a perfectly sweet and nice face. It's just her acting I can't stand because it's shit and she sucks <laughs> in this movie and she ruins the parts that she's in. But in terms of my own response to the movie. I think we made it already pretty clear. I do like the enthusiasm. I like the fact that uh, that the two leads, uh, when they are on screen, they do s- seem like they're having just a shitload of fun. I, it means a lot that they managed to find enough people to put on those stupid puppets and attack everything in the house. Uh, there's also a great moment where, uh, I can't remember exactly where it hits in the movie, but Dante is running back into the uh, the room where Jack is, is mopping up, and he slips suddenly, <laughs> and, and it's like something out of a cartoon, where he does this big exaggerated slip, and then just pops up into frame afterwards. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the point where he's mentioning the fact that these uh, rats have mutated, and uh, Jack, and this, this movie doesn't have a lot of references to other movies, but he goes, rodents of unusual size? I don't believe they exist, <laughs> which is... Of, of course, is a line from the Princess Bride, but uh, in this in this movie, it hit me. Uh, like I said, it just hit it hits me in the sweet spot, and uh, I'm sweet back. Which so I guess the sweet spot is on my back. So uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it hits me in the back again and again. Um, well, it's kind of so funny. That's, that's, it's kind of funny, you know, kind of like thinking back to the to this, you know, to the last you know hour or so that we've been talking. Um, you know, it really seems that you and I actually kind of agree almost entirely on this film, except that what we took away from it kind of went in almost opposite directions. You know, like the stuff that you liked is essentially the stuff that I liked. The stuff that you didn't like is essentially the stuff that that I didn't like. It's just that 
you know, for me, it weighed a little bit more on the con than it did on the pro. And it just seemed kind of the opposite for you, you know? So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, like we, t- we tend to do that, you know, a lot, you know, whereas we, we like the same stuff and we hate the same stuff, but it just turns out that we were just kind of on the opposite ends of the coin. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that 100%. It's, um, this is a case where the fun moments for me are so uh, legitimately fun. Like, like they feel so real. And, I mean, I've watched some of these movies, uh, and, I mean, Barely Legal Lesbian Vampires is a good example where it's supposed to be winking at the camera. It's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. But none of it works because you can tell the people on the screen don't give a shit. And the people even on the screen who might even give a little bit of a shit, they're so bad and they're so kind of disinterested in what they're doing that – you just can't get uh, involved in the plot, and you can't get involved in the humor. And that movie is supposed to be – remember, that movie was supposed to be funny. Uh, It's hard to believe, but it was. But this movie, at least when the humor is there – you know they're giving everything that they have, and and sometimes it actually works. I mean, I can't remember the time, the last time I laughed at one of these low budget movies, even the comedies. There's a movie, uh, and we talk about the the, the uh, Bloody Nightmares box set, uh, which this movie is actually on. Um, there's a movie in there called Catholic Ghoul Girls, which is an absolute piece of shit. And again, it's it's one of those things where they're trying to be fun. They're trying to kind of be light and, and, and everyone is supposed to be having a good time. But you watch it and you're like, how could a movie called Catholic Ghoul Girls be so fucking terrible? Yeah. Uh, and and that's one of the things that you realize very quickly when watching these low-budget movies, many of whom have very lurid and very interesting titles. The, the titles... Don't be fooled by the titles. And, it, it, like, this movie doesn't even have a lurid title. It has a very confusing So More To Be is uh, – I actually had never heard of um, the uh, the expression, uh, which is used briefly in the movie. Um, it's because so, it's, not, so, it's because they're screwing it up. Like, the, it's not So yeah. More To Be. It's So Mote It Be. Right, right. Yeah. It's supposed to be a play on that, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's funny. I've never heard So Mote It Be used in, in – uh, in, uh, outside context either. So, so it's not exactly the kind of title that's going to uh, bring you in. But, you know, sometimes the greatest things come in small packages. The Hobbit coming 2012. <laughs> 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 I, I, don't think, I don't think that is the, uh, the tagline for The Hobbit. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I really enjoy this movie. I really like it. I, um, I also, I think more than anything else, it felt like it had so much potential in terms of the people who were making it. Like if they could kind of uh, tighten their scripting, if they could cut it down to something that's a little bit more fast-paced that, uh, that, and, and kind of get rid of extraneous material and just focus on the things they're good at, it could be something that was really kind of uh, tight and, and over-achieving in terms of its budget. Mm-hmm. Now, has this guy done, I mean, uh, what's his name, Fabian Rush, is that right? You're going to ask me if Fabian Rush has done another film or yeah. any other films? Yeah. 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 Uh, Fabian Rush actually has. In fact, uh, he mentions in the interview, again, go to dailygrindhouse.com to read that. I'll probably be reposting it with this. Um, he mentions uh, his latest film, which actually came out in 2010, called Pantheon Black, which I haven't seen, but I have watched the trailer for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it looks like it's very heavy on the uh, blue screen or green screen once again, though, though considering it's basically half a decade later, it's of much higher quality. And and uh, Fabian stars in that film as well. I'd like, I'd like to check it out to see uh, see where he uh, 
where he sort of has, has, has come to in his filmmaking. He still has a production company. He still is making films. So this is still something that he's pursuing in his life. So uh, good. I'm glad when people don't necessarily have to just give up on things um, b- because we see that again and again where people have one or two credits on these low-budget films because uh, they, they put everything into it and then they realize that, wait a second, I just wasted a year and a half of my life and made no money and uh, got no status or profile from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should... Um, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to check that out, see, see where he's come in the last however many years. Yeah, no, I mean, the, it... it I think it is uh, available through his uh, website. Maybe we'll link it on this. Uh, we'll link it on the commentary. Uh, sorry, the commentary. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it's late. It's Thursday, folks. <laughs> uh, it, we'll link it on the uh, the podcast, and uh, so people can check out his website. And if you want to be able to uh, purchase a copy of Somewhere to Be or Pantheon Black or see what uh, Fabian is up to, you can check it out there. Though, that's just if you want to, because my opinion is that you should do that. Mo's opinion is that you should maybe be a little more hesitant on it because uh, the movie doesn't work quite as much as it doesn't work. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's okay. I think, like you said, it pretty much slices right down the middle. For us, it's, it's just which way we're leaning, right? Uh, and I'm leaning that uh, I'm leaning towards the good guys, obviously the left, uh, and uh, you're leaning right, uh, the crazy people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Mo leans right. Everybody knows it. Anyway, that's why you objectify women so much. Duh. <laughs> Doug, Doug believes in abortions for all women, no matter what. <laughs> in fact, I, forced abortions for all. <laughs> Quote that on Twitter. Uh, uh, you wild man. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think we put this dog to bed. We put it to bed. We put it to sleep. Jill is fucking annoying the shit out of me by telling me to say that she's. She knows we're yes. recording, right? <laughs> yeah, she knows we're recording, and, and she can't stop. Now, this is Fabian's movie? Yeah. Yeah, so, so she wanted to also mention that Fabian also has a movie called Alien Face Bashers, which, oh, no, it's not a movie. I remember this now. I believe it's a web series. Is that correct? Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Is this even a podcast anymore? It has oh puppets God. as well. So she, she's so we'll just edit all of this out. It's gone. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so let's hear that uh, the butterface alarm once one more time. <laughs> uh, before we go, Mo, I do want to. I'd, I'd like to be able to announce. We didn't talk about this at all, but we'd like to announce what the next movie that we're going to do is. Um, <laughs> well, this this is actually you announcing what the next movie is because I have no idea what you're about to say. <laughs> Oh right, that's right. You know, I think uh, I I brought it up on Twitter today. Uh, you uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, what podcast were you recording that you were talking about Evil Tunes? Oh, that's for uh, Dead End Driving. For Dead End Driving, right? So one of that's... one of my many many podcasts. Yeah, well, people like your voice, so they want you to be on their podcast. That's but true. I think as a counterpoint to Evil Tunes. We should watch terror tunes off of the uh, no budget. Sorry, off of the bloody nightmares box set. All right. Uh, just to, uh, and it. Uh, I've seen it already, and I don't want to give anything away. But uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be another. It's another comedy. Uh, you uh, can't see me put my air quotes right now. So nah, we we'll can, see how we, uh, we can tell. We can tell. I bet. Uh, also has a uh, a porn star in that movie. So everyone look forward to that as well. So next time. Terror Tunes. Upcoming very soon will be our uh, 
our No Budget Nightmares uh, uh, episode ten, actually, our, our special. Yeah, I was, was going to say. Uh, I was going to say. Um, yeah, that's actually perfect because you're going you're going to laugh, but you know, I mean, these things are typically scheduled to go up on Wednesdays, and if we if we record on the 18th for it to go up on the 25th, it'll actually go up the same exact day as the Evil Tunes one is going to go up. That's amazing. That's pretty wild. That's crazy. Okay, so people can enjoy both of those podcasts. Of course, listen to ours first because it's better. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I, I've listened to, yeah, anyway. Check out both of them. Uh, compare the two. Send us feedback. Uh, in fact, we have an email address you can send feedback to. What's that, Mo? Oh, that's correct. We have officially created an email address, and it is nobudgetnightmares at gmail.com. So I wish us... I thought of that. Was that? I wish I had thought of that before you made it. <laughs> I'm, I am a brilliant man. Mo is a brilliant man. Yes, nobudgetnightmares at gmail dot com, or you could uh, email. Or you could email us from the link on either uh, Mo's uh, RSS feed for the podcast itself, or over on dailygrindhouse dot com. And yeah, on episode ten, we're going to talk about the movie that I helped make a few years ago, and that is going to be a, a moment to remember, uh, a series of <laughs> moments to remember. I promise you all. Uh, I think I may have mentioned, just tease it on the last episode. You you said something about uh, during this episode about how uh, you don't want to embarrass yourself with a scream. Well, I. Uh, actually do the voice of a puppet that gets fucked in this movie. So, uh... <laughs> so everyone, look forward to that, but uh, I think I think we've tortured their ears enough at this point. Oh, man. I can't wait now. <laughs> and we're going to recognize... A, and, and we're going to have a, a special guest for that episode as well. Uh, That's right, special guest. Yep, ten, ten episodes in, and we finally have a guest. Finally, you know, what that, that, you know what that sounds like. That sounds like we're like pathetic losers and like, oh, nobody wants to come on our show. No, no, no. We specifically don't have guests because, really, you know, two voices is enough. Uh, in this particular case, you know, we wanted to have a third person on because, you know, uh, we don't want Doug critiquing his own movie. <laughs> He's just going to be like, yeah. And, and the way we did this next was awesome. <laughs> and this scene right here was amazing. You know, yeah, no, we don't want that. Uh, there, there won't be a lot of that. I'll promise you <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, Pleased that it occurred, but I'm realistic about what the final result is. And, and I mean, Mo's yet to see it, uh, and and it'll be an exciting moment in our nation's our our mutual nation's histories. You know, it's gonna it's it's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. When we when we do that show, it's gonna be like really like a multi you know an international event. Uh, I mean, not that all of our shows aren't already an international event, but I mean, this one's going to be a three-way international event because I'm American, you know, you're Canadian, and our guest, who's going to be John from the After Movie Diner, he's British. So it's going to be a whole lot of accents going on. Oh, man, we are going to demolish these multiple continents, and we're... (laughs) This is gonna this is gonna be an international incident occurring uh, in just in just a few short weeks. So everyone, stay tuned to that. But until then, I'd like to sing a little song about how much I appreciate all of the uh, the viewers out there. Um, la 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 la. The end. Anyway, nice, uh, <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Uh, sorry, I'm all giddy from uh, from uh, the fact that I'm exhausted and I have to work tomorrow morning. So um, everyone, have a good evening or morning, or uh, maybe it's the middle of the night. That's fine too. Um, whatever you uh, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. I love you all. Weird. <laughs> good night, folks. <laughs> Tilly. That got a, that got a little crazy there for a second.